Angel Heart Radio programs should not be used to replace your legal or medical advice. Welcome everyone to Angel Heart Radio. You are our focus. We want you to know that you matter in the world and that you're important to the world. We're here to remind you of just how valuable and needed you are right now. Help us to help others. If you like what you hear, tell your friends, post, tweet, pin, let everyone know how amazing Angel Heart Radio is. So again, welcome to Angel Heart Radio. Powered by love, Angel Heart Radio is sponsored by angellight777.com. Welcome everyone to Angel Heart Radio. I'm your host, Deb Goldberg, and it brings me great pleasure to be here with you today, and it's an honor to serve you in the highest way that I can by bringing you messages of divine love and blessings for your life. You are dearly loved, cherished, and blessed. We have a great show tonight with Chris Steinis, and I want to first give you our call-in number, which is 714 714- Five eight three six eight five eight. Again, it's seven one four five eight three six eight five eight. Now we also have other podcast uh, radio show hosts on Angel Heart Radio. In fact, uh, the founder of Angel Heart Radio is Anaya Joy Holilly, and her show is on Fridays USA time at eight p.m. Eastern, Saturday ten a.m. Queensland time, and Tomorrow on USA time, 8 p.m. Eastern, I will be on her show. She is doing an Ascended Master Series, and tomorrow it is on King Solomon, and I will be joining her and Lisa for that show, and I'm looking forward to it. And then there's Annette McCoy, who has a show on Tuesdays, 8 p.m. USA time, Eastern, and Wednesdays. 10 o'clock a.m. Queensland time. Anaya also has a website called angellight777.com where you can find her. And if you're interested in knowing any more about me or working with me or learning about my books, you can find me at debbieangoldberg.com. And you can find my books, Are You Ready to Listen, God? and Volume 1 and Volume 2, God's Covenant, on Amazon. So let me start telling you about tonight's show. First of all, I have a co-host, and it is Dr. Lynetta Willis, who is also uh, training to have her own radio show. So I am so glad to have her with us tonight. And she is going to help me with uh, an interview. We have tonight Chris. Sinus, who is a spiritual leader, a meditation teacher, writer, workshop leader, and speaker with a commitment to bring feminine consciousness into everyday life. Chris created the Women of Wisdom Wisdom Conference, which celebrated its 25th year this year. And Chris designed a collaborative leadership model called Circle Leadership to manage the WOW Foundation. Chris is the author of the number one Amazon best-selling and award-winning book, Women of Wisdom, Empowering the Dreams and Spirit of Wisdom of Women. Chris hosts the Voices of Women radio show, which you can find on Transformation Radio, 
And she is also the owner of Chrysalis Leadership, where Chris empowers the leader within leading webinars in circle leadership. So welcome, Vignetta and Chris. I'm so glad to have both of you on the show. Really interesting. I hadn't turned the mic on. (laughs) 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 I'm uh, I'm pedaling backwards tonight. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Anyway, thank you for being here. And Chris, I am so excited to have you here today. It is so such an honor to have someone who has done so much for women, um, empowering them. And can you tell us your story of how, how WOW evolved and your book that I'm reading that I think is just wonderful? Mm-hmm. Mm, thank you. Well, yeah, I mean, as, as you and many people, I was on a spiritual quest um, back in, when I guess it would be the 80s. I had been traveling around the world with my husband for three years, and we came back, and I knew I was needing a um, something daily spiritual practice, seeing that around the world, like in Asia particularly. And I ended up uh, finding Seattle Unity Church and also Course in Miracles, and one thing led to another a lot of workshops. At one workshop, I claimed um, my mission was to bring people together. And I didn't knock myself on the head of trying to figure out what that meant. I just was, okay, that's, that would be great. <laughs> and um, one thing led to another where then I was in a spiritual training that I'm still part of. And I read this book, A Feminine Face of God, which is stories of women from different spiritual backgrounds. And I love stories, and I love you know people's stories, and 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 then it came to me in, in a vision. I was just driving down the road late at night. It was very, you know, when you have that crystal clear feeling, and this moment came in where it just the voice said uh, to bring women like these from the book to uh, Seattle Unity Church. They had a speaker program every Wednesday night, but then it also immediately afterwards it was like no, have a one week event like a conference to build community. And so I went to the ministers. They said, go for it. I brought together people, and we planned our planned a conference. This was back in our first conference in 1993. So we were just inventing the wheel, planning our first conference. And the first night, I welcomed everybody and said, welcome to the first annual, which were just words that came into my, into, you know, came into my mind. I had no idea that was coming. And we've just been evolving ever since. So um, it's been community driven and and women love to you know women love to gather and and the the important thing is the connections and women sharing their stories and being witnessed just a lot of powerful healing uh, happened that's wonderful um yeah i'm i'm actually thinking about attending the next one (laughs) It, it just seems just from reading your book and Reading about the speakers that you've had at the conferences for many years and the wisdom that that they bring, and and it's all different because it seems like they all come from a different way of how they came to understand their wisdom and 
so there's different views of the same message. Uh, and, and I learned a lot about, from reading your book, what actually divine feminine energy is. So maybe you can talk a little bit about that, because I don't know that a lot of people understand what you mean by that. <laughs> yeah, and I'm and I'm kind of like thinking, okay, how do you, how do you describe that? Um, you know, I, I just I think um, I think there's innate traits in the feminine that we just have, and so sometimes it's hard to define it, but it it evol- involves inclusivity and everyone's voices being important and it's intuition and um when you think of feminine, you kind of think of soft, but it's also fierce, you know, like the mother bear that takes care of her cubs. And so there's many, many aspects of the divine feminine. And that's like in the book, you mentioned all the speakers. Everybody has a way of defining it differently. Um, What is, but I think that we operate a little different than the masculine energy. And this isn't, we're talking, we're not talking gender. Uh, There's men, many men that are into the feminine and have feminine natures about themselves and, it's not necessarily rewarded and it's harder for them to express this in the workplace in our corporate patriarchal structure. And I've talked to men who've expressed that, you know, frustration of not really being, you know, they, they even have it harder, but even for women it's hard in those environments to to bring in, you know, it's like Jean and Houston in the book shares about women are about process and men are about product and, you know, there's the action and, and you need both. So there's the masculine model is the action and the, you need the feminine model is the yin is is it's going internal first before you go to action and and that's important because sometimes we go to action first you kind of stumble and you know get hit on the head by a two by four but when you are starting from an internal place there's truth about it and then when you step <laughs> forward you have you have that strength of this comes from a a strong internal place, you know, from your heart and from your core and from your solar plexus and your power center. There's just mm-hmm. so much more strength when you come from that feminine place moving into the masculine place. And so all of us, we need both. And our society hasn't honored the feminine. You know, and there's a lot about mansplaining happening now. And you and you see on TV, you see women being interrupted in Congress or places and and. It's just showing, it's in our faces how women's voices aren't respected. And the only way, you know, our our role is to counter that with stepping up, insisting. I think I just saw something the other night, uh, someone in Congress, like, I'm reclaiming, just she did not let up. I'm reclaiming my time. I'm reclaiming my time. <laughs> she was finally heard. I mean, she, must, she must have said it 12 times before the man mm-hmm. stopped, <laughs> you know. And it's like, don't give up. Right, right. And it's, it's that's a that's a great way to describe um, the, the mix that lives within all of us, and that there's purpose for both, and learning how to actually blend them and balance them to use the right mixture of them as you go about your day. And it sounds like too you had a pretty good connection within yourself to listen to start. Wow, in the first place, because you heard that from your internal process. And now I'm doing a lot of healing, spiritual healing, and so my and clearing out the etherics around me so that the message could come in. I actually, 
was in a healing group where two weeks before I had this idea, two weeks in a row, a woman said, you need to be an advocate for women. And I had no idea what she was talking about. And I just went, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, and two weeks later, I had the idea. And two weeks later, after that, after having the idea, I went, oh, that's what she was seeing. And it took two weeks for me to sort of clear the junk around me that the message could come in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and isn't that the process that we go through anyway? We get it in piecemeal. We don't get, oh, here's the whole roadmap, and, <laughs> and, and you get all of the parts to it, all the roads, and so you know everything, which we don't. Uh, but it's, it's just so great that you listened to it and then developed this uh, platform for women. Yeah. You know, and I think some of it was there was it was peace. It was parts, you know, it took several years for various messages came in. So when the message came in about having, bringing women together in this conference, I was ready for it because of all the other messages and signposts along the way, mm-hmm. which I didn't know what they meant at the time. Right. Yeah, a lot of times it does take hindsight to look back and try to put all the pieces together that um, that I know I go through that myself of, oh, I've been been showing signs of something and that uh, all of a sudden the whole idea comes together. So, uh, yeah, it's it's fun for that to happen. You know, when it comes together, it's exciting. (laughs) Yeah. And and so the the Wow Conference has turned out to be wonderful, and then you started a foundation, and and then there's Circle Leadership, which is a a feminine leadership type a type of leadership for Wow that you developed. You want to tell us a, a something about that? Well, yes, I. After we made a nonprofit, made Woman Wisdom, we separated from Unity Church and made a nonprofit organization. I was like the typical executive director for five years. And, and you know, there's a lot of stress on one person's shoulders and being in that role. And I was, I in my mind, had an idea of something like a triad, a leadership that was shared. And I went away on a retreat and I, and I, was meditating about it and it, it came to me it was in our it was in our logo our logo is a circle with many arches around it with women's sim- symbols and then in the center um three swirls that sort of represent feminine maiden mother crone or however you define that and i just went oh my goodness it's in the logo which had been around for 10 good 10 years and and so i created this um a system where the arches around the big circle were our our team of of different aspects. You know, we have a conference, a program committee. We have, you know, there's marketing, there's fundraising, there's all sorts of different elements that make up an organization. And in the center was the core, was the council who would be elected, and representatives from each team would have a liaison that sat on the council as well. And so there was a lot of give and take and flow back and forth and connecting to all the circles. And so it became a circle model rather than the hierarchy. And we've been operating since 2003. It took, you know, and it takes a lot to develop this. It was um, a lot of trust. And after you have done it for many years, a lot of trust is built. And, and so we operate with consensus and, and um, everyone is co-creating, you know, our program. So it's not just me dictating what I want for the organization. I mean, yes, I have a strong voice. But, you know, when you live with something you founded and you're, you're so involved, but everybody has a voice. And we all, I might come up with an idea 
and brought spring to the group. And then the group, it just evolved into something greater because everybody's voice contributes. So that's an aspect of it, of that inclusivity and everyone's voice is important in co-creating. Um, we follow, as Christina Baldwin has a great book called The uh, Circle Way, and we follow their guidelines. It's based on three things, and one is um, sharing responsibility, rotating leadership, and spirit and center. And then there's all sorts of guidelines that, you know, you create your guidelines of how you want to operate. And and, um, and what some of the couple of very important things are listening with intention and um, no, the, um, speaking with intention and listening with attentive listening. And those are two important aspects of and, and honoring everyone's voice. So you create these guidelines of how you operate so that the circle is honored and everyone's voice is honored. So. It takes. It has taken some development over the years, and we're we're still evolving, evolving it, and and um, it, it's exciting because there isn't that many models out there. So it's you know we're kind of having to create it as we go. Right. That sounds great. Uh, being on the forefront of of trying uh, new types of leadership. So um, in a hierarchy type of leadership. You're saying that it is more, you know, there's somebody at the top and, and giving orders of what needs to be done versus the circle leadership where everybody is involved in in all of the roles or all of the decision-making? Well, mostly decisions. I mean, everyone comes with their expertise and their gifts, and so the the leadership role kind of can rotate. If it's the marketing time, you're talking about marketing things, those that are – Experts in marketing would be leading that. If it's programs, it'd be somebody for that. So it's kind of a, it kind of rotates and flows. So everybody contributes their ideas, but it doesn't. It also allows for people to step forward with what your gifts are, uh, of course. So it's 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 just not the hierarchy like you have a president and a vice president, and the president runs the meetings and dictates kind of you know the the direction. I mean, oftentimes boards dictate the and decide on the direction, but it's just done. The process is a little different in that it's co-created and everyone is uh, contributing to it, but it doesn't rule out that it doesn't say that like you don't have leaders because obviously in a group, you might have 10 people and you have people who are strong leaders, you have people who are quieter. And one of the things of learning about how to work with, you know, including everyone's voice is to pay attention when there's quiet voices aren't being spoken and then we have a, a system where, you know, we might stop someone who's talking a lot and just say, well, let's hear from others or ask someone who's being quiet, what do you think? Or pass the talking stick and hear from everybody about a particular important uh, um, discussion or topic around a, a certain item um, that you hear from everybody. And so it's not just the loud voice, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the notice that you try to put in some systems where everybody has a chance to share. So, And everybody has different timetables of how they take in information and how they respond. Some people are right. fast and and some people are slower and they need time to digest everything that's being said. But oftentimes if you ask them, well, what are you thinking? It gives them a time to go, oh, yeah, okay, what am I thinking? And then and they have a chance to share. Or sometimes you have to go back and meet, you know, in a future meeting and, and go, you know, I'm thinking about what everybody said. And just that it's open for that, kind of an open dialogue. 
That sounds great. And it reminds me, too, of what you wrote in your book, because when and some of the people that shared in your book that they had first come to the conference and not really, you know, still being in fear and not really knowing what they can do and how to grow. And so it was really interesting reading some of people's uh experiences from the conference of how it allowed them to step into more of themselves, their authentic self and define uh, and empower what their particular unique talent or gift or message is. And so that sounds like it, the conference itself and the leadership that you have just keeps reinforcing it is, both. Yes, and and, that, and I don't want to give the impression it's just easy. It's actually, it's it it's a lot of work to keep that focus of of it, um, because it's so, so much a tendency to fall into the usual hierarchy leadership, and also to step back and let. I think it's kind of typical woman to step back and let others do the work. And and the whole thing about circle leadership is that you are all involved in the work. And mm-hmm. um, so there's challenges, too, with this. As in any group or organization or any type of leadership, there are challenges. But it's very rewarding. I mean, we come away from meeting. Uh, people are very excited because everybody's contributed ideas, and we get very excited and we feeling really good about right. it. So. Right. And, so, and that allows them to – it allows everybody to keep growing and expanding by having that type of leadership model. That mm-hmm. and it's funny because I do know people that are like, oh, just tell me what to do and I'll go do it. I'm a I'm a gopher rather than really get involved and want to bring bring something you know of the of their own. And I think that's also from them really not understanding that they have so much to bring. Yeah, that's true. There and 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 not to downplay the importance of that. You know, gophers are needed too. But I think it's important to encourage their voices that that they can contribute as well mm-hmm. in other ways um, to the whole process. Right. And 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 it's a learning experience, and it's it's exciting to see people grow. And we've seen we've witnessed that. I think the main thing is. And, and within our conferences, we have their experiential workshops. Is with have I mentioned stories and people sharing their stories that everyone we're we're witnesses to our stories. And when we witness other people's stories, it actually empowers us to know that our story is also important. And I've seen that where people are often shy to. Yeah, I even was, you know, I think I I don't have a story. And mm-hmm. um, when someone shares a story, and you're like, oh, I have, you know, I. That's my story, too, or similar, you know, and then it gives them permission to share their story because they're not feeling isolated and alone and feeling the shame about their story. All right. Yeah, that that's great um, because, yeah, everybody does have a story, <laughs> whether we think so or not. <laughs> we're all We're all here with a story and something wonderful to do. I'm just going to um, give the phone number again in case anybody's wanting to call in. We're here with Chris Stanis, who has written Women of Wisdom. 
Empowering the Dreams and Spirit of Women. She is also a radio host on Transformational Radio and is the founder of Women of Wisdom Conference. And uh, we also have a Lynetta Willis with us. And the phone number is 714-583-6858, 714-583-6858. If you have any questions about the conference or circle leadership or the divine feminine or anything else that you want to talk about, please give us a call. And Lynetta, you've been a little quiet. That's unusual for you. <laughs> yeah, I've just been listening. I mean, you all just seem to be vibing so well. I just was listening to all of the wonderful information that Chris has been sharing about her foundation and all of this. I am curious, you know, as I listen to your leadership model, I've been in a lot of organizations and I've been in leadership positions and I've also been in positions where I have followed leaders, and it sounds like your model really does um, require what you were talking about earlier of a balancing of that masculine and feminine in so many ways. I I picture almost like a dance going on, and uh, I noticed in your book you talked about how um, when we awaken in our feminine wisdom and power, we can live in balance with the masculine energies that have ruled for so long. We have a responsibility to know the masculine and cleave to the feminine. Um, and it is up to us all to become balanced and help create a balanced world. And so as I read that, Chris, my, the question that rose up in me for you was, how do we do that? I mean, I see you definitely <laughs> found this way to balance this, you know, in a leadership format. And how do we also bring that into ourselves? Because I know I'm very masculine-driven a lot of times, and it can be exhausting. And I have to be conscious about, okay, activating that feminine energy and acknowledging it. And, you know, so how does one get that balance going? Mm, well, good question. I think it's a, a process and, and a learning. I think partially, you know, you 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 teach what you need to learn. I mean, there's a reason why I'm the one that brought woman wisdom here is like, I needed to learn the feminine. And then there's aspect, well, I need to learn the masculine for myself, you know, like going to action. And I, I do a lot of action, but one of the things I do that I think is very important is that going the inward journey and it's the meditation and mm-hmm. um, self, self care, you know, and listening to that intuitive voice. We all have it. And if we're so busy all the time being in action, we're not going to hear it. And so it's taking those pauses in our life when you need a day mm-hmm. off or you need your vacations or you need to just get out of the house and take a walk for even if it's five minutes to get out of our brains. Um, new inf- it then allows space for new information to come in. You know, the nature talks to us. I think it's important to go out and talk to the trees, <laughs> just being mm-hmm. in nature. You know, I love birds and I love trees. And, and, and so it's paying attention to those aspects of life that, and not always what's on our to-do list. And, and it's more of a, a place of, you know, being, learning how to be. Um, and um, and if you're strong in the sense of, of your beingness, when you're, your action will be more authentic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that because a lot of times when we talk about balancing, especially nowadays, we'll hear some, and, and definitely great, valid 
answers like, oh, well, you know, balance your chakras and align your energy and, you know, and those types of things. And I think that can also thrust us <laughs> into more doing in some ways. <laughs> um, it's like we're trying to be as we do right. all these things, right? <laughs> but I love your idea of just kind of like just stop talking, <laughs> just get still and get quiet and get one with nature and just receive. And, and that seems so important, such an important reminder. Yes. And I think we're, it's hard for sometimes for us to receive. Um, and, and, and for women, we're, we're, we're known, we're taught to give, take care of everybody else but ourselves first. It's kind of the model of the, you know, the mother and, 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 and mothers now, you know, I think it's important that mothers learn to model it for their children that they're, they can take care of themselves and that they have a life as a person outside of being the identity of a mother. And to model that to young girls shows the power of being a woman uh, versus always being the caretaker and always taking. And then, of course, when you have kids, you aren't taking care of them. But to show, you know, to bring a little balance with it, to show them that there there's more than um, just being a mother. Yeah, I love 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 mm-hmm. that. Um, mm-hmm. As a mother of two, one of the things that I do is I work with caregivers on balancing and find. And like you said, you know, you you teach what you most need to learn. And so there are a lot of beliefs out there that, especially like you said, as moms we are to give and we're to pour everything we have into our children and why there is something while there's something very seductive and and beautiful about that like you said if we're not careful we can also teach our children that your purpose is just to empty yourself into other people and into achievements and things of that nature and and just continue to perpetuate that cycle of going and going and doing and doing all of the time and not really honoring the fact that, yes, while I am a mother, I've <laughs> also so many other things and, you know, that, that I that I love and that I, I can honor at the same time. So, yes, yes to all. Yeah. Great, great question, Lynetta. And I wanted to add to that that, Three years ago, that's when my spiritual journey started. And just this past, um, when was it, in April, I had gone to a goddess seminar with Barbara DeAngelis for the first time. And as I started waking up, I realized that I am much more comfortable in my masculine energy. But that came from what was role modeled at home and what I experienced and what I felt I was learning from my mother is weakness and there's no value and um, that you're submissive because that's what I was seeing. And I felt that growing up, I didn't want to be that. So in a sense, I disowned my feminine energy and felt much more comfortable and stronger in my masculine energy and coming to realize over the past couple of years that I I need to be comfortable with this divine feminine energy just as well as I'm comfortable with my masculine energy. But while I was at the um, seminar, I also thought about 
how much there's this invisible rule of of what women are and how easy it is to just accept that. Um, like I knew I knew that you know women have been um, pushed back for so long for so many different reasons, and and that it was okay. It's sort of like okay, so I see that, and but it's invisible to me. It's like, okay, it's just, I accept it. Uh, just like I accept anything else. And I was not because I didn't value my own feminine side. Uh, I wasn't really looking at it in the way as no, that we need to rise and, uh, I need to rise my own feminine energy and see it as not weakness, that it's not, um, not, you know, it is valuable and it is so very important. And part of my spiritual journey is um, getting lessons from the goddess and other angels that have been teaching me how to embrace that side of me, that it's just as important um, as my masculine side and that I need to have it balanced within myself. But it is a chore. Well, it's interesting you talk about invisibility because um, I feel that's something we often do as women, that we've been invisible and and there's a tendency to kind of hide because the fear of being being visible. Or before, when we were visible, as you go back in generations, you know, hundreds of years of the witch burnings or whatever, we were killed for our feminine Mm -hmm. our healing, our, you know, wisdom around all that and so there's a tendency to want to step back and hide and just let let others do it whether it's man or anybody and it's time and i think we're realizing this especially what's going on currently in our country in the last six months that we are realizing uh, no we have to we need to step up and we need to be visible and it's so important for the younger kids to see that women are visible women are powerful and what I read, and I know even in our elections here, we just had some primaries, a lot of women stepping up to run for office. And so, some, you know, we're going through some really big changes, and it's very exciting. I mean, we just have now our, for our primary for our running for mayor of Seattle, it's two women now. And we've had a lot of women elected in Washington State. We've had a governor and senators are women, and, and but I can't think of a woman mayor, so... It's an exciting time for women to really step up and 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 part I think we have to deal with our there's some shame around being our you know the feminine that we mm-hmm. need to heal um i know I know I've experienced that um and mm-hmm. figuring out what you know where does that come from? I think it's in our DNA from before i you know it's something that we've carried forward through the generations, and now's the time to heal it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting you say that because something else I read in your book that I wanted to ask you about, Chris, you said um, always she, the divine feminine, is found deep within, within ourselves, within our hearts, within the earth, and within life itself. She is with us regardless of our conditioning and our beliefs, and she guides us. Um, she is intuition. She is receptivity. And what that led me to wonder is how, you know, because those that conditioning and those beliefs, man, they can be tough to 
get around sometimes and deal with in order to, like you said, release that shame and um, deal with the social constructs that say that women are supposed to be a certain way, visible or silent. And so we have these internal beliefs, and then we have these external supports that actually reinforce the beliefs, right? So I'm curious, from your perspective, how do we get around that to actually reclaim the divine feminine when we sort of have this pressure from the inside and the outside um, that may say, no, stay small, you know, go down, stay in your place. Don't be like Congressman Maxine Waters and reclaim your time. (laughs) 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 Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. You know, I think it's all, it's individual. You know, everybody has to deal with this within themselves, but I think it's, it's listening to that voice of, you know, it's of, um, I'm just thinking when we don't, we're, we're not happy. I mean, if we're not really fulfilling our mission and being fully who we are, there's some aspect of us that is dissatisfied with life and, and looking at what's stopping us, what fears mm. are there, and, and really doing that work. And so maybe it's journaling and writing or maybe it's um, I, I, somebody I interviewed recently. She had a, a process of I, I, um, I choose to because I can and mm. filling in the blank, you know, and so getting over those fears of, you know, I'm afraid to speak. No, I choose to because I can speak and just mm. keep reinforcing ourselves. And I think one of the most important things, one of the things that we do in Woman of Wisdom is have circles and having a support circle, whether you have even just three girlfriends coming together, but that witnessing and sharing and expressing, speaking these things out loud to others in a safe place. And that's why the circle model is a safe place because it's held in confidentiality and everyone's voice, everyone gets to share and everyone gets to talk. And so these are just informal circles, I mean, a talking circle to share. And, and that's been the aspect of women's wisdom of where people have been able to share their stories in a safe environment. Even our, our workshops are small and intimate. It's empower, people have gone off and done, created what they wanted to create. They've empowered them, been empowered by being witnessed by others and supported by other women. And I think, and mm-hmm. it strengthened their voices. And so I know even for myself of having, you know, I, I think I felt this after 10 years of, of watching how I evolved to where I, you know, don't silence myself as much as I used to, or that voice that stops you from saying something. And I know when I get a nudge in my brain saying, you know, it's an intuitive nudge, like, I should say this, I should say this, and there's a voice going, no, it's not going to be accepted, or why would you say it, and who wants to hear it? When I say it, someone always says, oh, I'm so glad you said that. I needed to hear that. (laughs) And and, and you only need to, you know, sometimes it's only for one person. But when you get that nudge, there's a reason you're supposed to speak up. (laughs) And so often, Mm -hmm. and I know I've done it, where I just I go, oh, no, no, oh, I can't do that. <laughs> I have no and idea what you're talking yourself about. Later. <laughs> like we both do. Yeah. <laughs> you kick yourself, and then when it happens over and over again, you go, "Okay, okay, I'm going to speak up this time." <laughs> you know? mm. <laughs> it's like playing double dutch when you're like doing the whole lean forward and backwards, like waiting for when you jump in to the whole yeah. game and trying to get started. <laughs> right? No, I love that. And I think the also the circles, like I'm signing up for Women of Wisdom. I don't know about anybody, but I want to I want to go to this. But mm-hmm. when you were talking about the circles, I think the other piece that it it must add to is a validation. I know there are times where I've been in situations where I felt, you know, that 
people were trying to silence me or, you know, I wasn't as accepted. And just being able to have those people that I can go to and say, am, am I crazy or did that just happen? <laughs> or am I just, am I, am I triggered? Is this my stuff? Or are the reactions that are coming up for me, are they appropriate to the situation? And as a result of whatever that answer is, how do I want to handle it? Do I want to go in and do some healing or do I want to speak out or do I want to, you know, how do I want to handle this? So I think I imagine that validation piece too is also present within those circles where we can ask questions and wonder about the experiences we're having. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, that's a really good point to share that. And, and yeah, to get validated because some many times out there we're not. Or we get those reactions mm. and we go, oh, what did I just do? <laughs> mm, right, what did I do? All right. <laughs> and, and of course, we always internalize it. What did I do? Not, not mm-hmm. really accepting. Well, there's, the other person is going through their journey and going through their stuff, and it may have nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. So that sounds like a, a great place to be able to really ask a lot of these questions and be able to practice coming out of yourself and um, knowing that it's a space that is uh, is honoring each person to speak their truth and not to have anybody, you know, going to make you feel bad for what you're, what you're speaking. Mm-hmm. And, and and you can agree to disagree. I mean, just, right. you know, to actually honor there there people are going to disagree, and people are going to because we all come from different places, we all come from different mindsets, and 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 where you can have you know a lot of times we're we're preachers of the choir, we're around like minded people, and we have mm. you know we but are we going to where do we grow when we go to that edgy place where we go to people who may be different or think differently or, you know, they talked about like Democrats and Republicans of, you know, understanding and just listening to another viewpoint, but finding the commonality, there's commonality in all of us. If you find a common ground and listen mm-hmm. from that common ground place, you have some more understanding. You may not agree, but you could have, but you would learn about what other people are, are where they're coming from and what their experience has been. And maybe you sharing what, what your beliefs are or, or what your life has been about helps that person understand um, people from another generation or viewpoint or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and they would be they would be more tolerant of and accepting instead of the anti, you know, that fight against each other. Of, uh, Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, there's that there's that double edged sword of of having of of being in our own communities, especially when they're when we're so entrenched in them. And on the one hand, it's very validating and affirming. And on the other hand, I think sometimes we can get to a place where we're validated and affirmed so much in our beliefs that anything else that approaches us is obviously wrong, obviously wrong, <laughs> obviously bad, obviously inappropriate. And obviously ignorant, you know, and so it's like you come to conversations with this, you know, we, I used to do um, conflict resolution and mediation, and we would talk a lot about listening to respond or listening to understand, and it is so hard sometimes to listen to understand. It's like the person opens their mouth, and you're already formulating a response, which means I'm not really hearing you, 
Like, <laughs> I just really want to convince you even more that my view is right. So I do yeah. think there is some value about intentionally stepping outside of our communities and putting on that, you know, go with intention and saying, I'm going to listen to understand in this moment, regardless of how crazy I think your view is or how I'm really mm-hmm. genuinely going to try to find one point of understanding in what you're saying. Really hard. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And they may have had an experience in life that created that and, and, and just you listening and, and hearing, you know, where did it come from? You'd have mm-hmm. more... Um, right. Empathy for that person and more understanding of, of why, why when it seems so, well, whatever word, you know, ridiculous or incomprehensible of, <laughs> that someone would feel this way. Well, they've had life circumstances mm-hmm. that created mm-hmm. that. And so understanding people more, um, we can all get along better, probably. <laughs> right. <laughs> Or just allowing people to have their own journey. Uh, I know that's one of my spiritual lessons right now is just looking at everybody's. They have their own journey and they have their own belief systems and there's no wrong or right. It's it's their journey and they could believe whatever they want. Um, their their spiritual uh, growth is, uh, n- you know, not dependent on what I think or uh this this is my journey. This is what I believe, and it's okay that everybody else thinks differently. And that that's the same thing. It is a hard space to get into of just allowing other people to be where they are and and have their belief system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, trying yeah. trying to practice <laughs> that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and you know, yeah, it's not easy. But it, if if we just you know, maybe there's um, something that we, when we're in those places, that we can tell ourselves to, okay, this is your time to listen, <laughs> or, or or whatever, so that you come from a compassionate place of um, mm-hmm. uh, curiosity. I think it's one of the other things too is being curious rather than accusing mm-hmm. somebody of something. Is being curious, like why do you feel that way? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great way to go about it. Is keeping your heart open. And being curious as to why somebody thinks or feels the way that they do, I think that's excellent. And mm-hmm. um, and that's you know these are all challenges for us individually in in our own growth of uh, internalizing it within ourselves as well as why why do we have this dichotomy inside of us and uh, do we use that same compassion with ourselves of that sometimes I don't understand why I'm feeling a certain way or thinking a certain way and um, it may not make sense and and then turning that outside to other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think another thing that contributes to that sometimes too is it contributes to people not listening to understand is a fear because sometimes, and I think we see this a lot, especially in areas like religion and politics, where if I hear you, you may, your, your perspective may threaten core aspects of my identity. So there's a fear of hearing, too, that I think often gets in the way of us really understanding. So if I hear what you're saying about, it may counter my argument or challenge beliefs that I've been raised with my whole life, or, you know, and, and that can feel threatening and scary to people sometimes. Um, and and I think that's where, Chris, what you're talking about in terms of making room for that divine feminine may 
help with that, you know, and realizing mm-hmm. that we can just sit and be still and listen and not feel threatened, right? Like I think A Course in Miracles says something like nothing that is real can be threatened or something along those lines. I'm probably mm-hmm. butchering it horribly, but something <laughs> along those lines, you know. So realizing that nothing that is real can be threatened, like it can't be destroyed um, and, and sitting with that. Um, but I do think that that definitely is one of those aspects that really just kind of knocks on the door of the divine feminine and asks her to come out and play with us in order to accomplish that. Right. <laughs> definitely. Holding a space of love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a good aspect of, of the feminine, holding space. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that a little bit more? I don't know if our listeners understand that. Concept. Well, it's like, a container. It's, it's like making a container. So it's like I said, being in the group and creating the safety. That's like we create safety by creating our guidelines of how we want to operate together. Like, you know, um, such as uh, one person speaking at a time, not over-talking, not having little side talks, um, confidentiality. All these things create a safe container. And so you're developing that space for people to be able to share safely and and know that what they are sharing is being accepted and received, I guess is the word I want to say, received and honored. And even if people don't agree with it, it's being, it's being shared in a safe environment, a safe container. So you're holding space for that to happen. Mm-hmm. It's energy, holding the energy for this to be, to, to, for that experience, to, to, for the group you're with, wherever you are, to have that experience. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's I'm a curious. Great oh, go definition. Ahead. No, that's okay. I just wanted to say that's a, a great way to um, understand it. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. You know, there's a lot of people, because the divine feminine, that definitely seems to be something that's coming up right now. I think in your book, you quoted Jean Houston as saying that it, the time is ripe and it's, you know, she's, She's rising. And I'm curious, what would you say to people who would say, you know, all of this divine feminine stuff, it's just, you know, the 70s coming back with feminism and down with the man literally and, you know, and and pushing, you know, masculinity and maleness out and bringing in feminine, you know, those those people who might question this and and as as sort of a threat or a movement that says masculinity is bad, femininity is good, let's embrace it and run with that. What would you say to that? Um, mm-hmm. Well, lots. <laughs> I, I remember, <laughs> I, well, it brings up a lot of things. I was at, it, when my book first came out, I was at a bookstore in, in the Seattle area, and the woman um, before the, you know, weeks before the talk, the book was at the checkout counter and she said the men would come up and go you hear the title woman of wisdom empowering the dreams and spirit of women and they would go is this a man-hating book <laughs> i mean you know it's like what does mm-hmm. it say about man-hating in this title <laughs> you know mm-hmm. it's, it's we're talking about raising the feminine so there's balance because it's not been balanced so yeah maybe there's this over um this emphasis of the feminine, but it's because there's been an imbalance. And in order to come to balance, sometimes you have to focus on something a little more. But it's, and so some of that fear based of, you know, because it leaves mm. men. And again, this, you know, we're talking, this is energy that's not very, 
gender, but it becomes kind of this gender talk, you know. So um, it's it's a place for people to to honor that that feminine is is important right now for what we're going through. But it's not. It's not against anything. It's for something. And so there's this kind mm. of fear that they're going to lose out, that they, they are uncertain. Well, where do the men fit in this? You know, because they've been the ones in power for you know, centuries and thousands of years. And, and it leaves them. And so, but I think it's, it's not the old feminism of the 70s. In fact, uh, Jean Shinoda Bolin, I've heard her talk, it's like that, that had its movement. And what was kind of was missing was the spiritual element. And what's happening now is the, that feminist, which is not afraid to use that word. A lot of people are afraid to, you know, say that word. There's so much negativity around the word feminist. But she says it's, mm-hmm. it's like now it's embracing in a, from a spiritual place. So it's more, it's, um, it's more holistic. It's more uh, appropriate. Um, it doesn't come from an anger place. Um, it's not come doesn't come from a demanding you've got to give us the power and that you know no one's to give us the power that comes from ourselves you know mm-hmm. I think women there's this aspect I remember talking to Holly Near it's like here's the stage and and this whole we talked about this waiting thing a woman waiting for a man to say okay you can have the stage now no the stage mm-hmm. is ours to step on no one's going to give it to you no you can't wait for someone to okay, here's the stage now. It's yours. <laughs> you know, it's for us to take that stage because it is ours. And it's for the men to be there with us. And, you know, it's great to see men who are, who honor the feminine and who support women and, and back women. And, and, um, um, because, and I've heard a lot like after, um, in, in politics of, Hey, you know, it's time for women to be leaders. You know, men have kind of screwed up. <laughs> and it's not, that doesn't mean like, okay, now all the women are going to take over and be the leaders. But it's to bring the women in balance that have more women, you know. It's like this medical stuff. They talk about women's health issues, and you have all male doctors talking, uh. what I've been told from people, all male doctors talking to Congress about what should be in the health plan for women's gynecological you know, mm-hmm. women, women's health issues. And, and that's just like, I don't know, I find it a, it's a little insulting to women. It's like you mm-hmm. couldn't find some women doctors. There's quite a few women experts out there on women's <laughs> Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. You can throw a stone at a medical convention and find a woman doctor somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. What about a man who questions, you know, well, hey, can I get in touch with my divine feminine? Does that mean calling my wife at work? What, what exactly would it be for me to get in touch with my divine feminine? You know, can I be in that process too? <laughs> what do you say to them? Well, yes, of course. It's again, it's that inward journey. It's looking at the, what are the attributes? It's, it's, it's being intuitive. It's being quiet. It's being internal. It's, it's going to that place of being rather than doing and, and honor your feelings. I think one of the things, you know, a lot of, when you look at corporations, there's not a place to express feelings. It's all work, 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 and very serious. And and a lot of the feminists about expressing our feelings that they're part. It's part of the process to know how you feel. And so for men, it's like you know, honor your feelings and express them. Don't be afraid to express your feelings. And you know, the whole thing they've been trained to as a little boy not to cry. And mm. it's not okay to share your feelings. And so that'd be a good starting place. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Yeah, that's in a deep safe place. too. And they need to feel safe too. So they need a place to go. They need a a partner, wife, sister, whoever who will listen you know, with open ears and open heart and receiving what they have to say without judgment. They need a safe place too mm-hmm. to do that. Mhm. And I totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. So we are down to about 4 minutes. <laughs> So, Chris, I wanted to allow you, you know, a couple minutes to share how people can get in touch with you or any other points that you would really like to make for our audience to know. Oh, thank you. Well, I think we've talked about a lot of points. So I just want I want women to know, to, you know, step into the power and and um, honor their voices and honor the feminine within them whenever they silence and feel themselves, you know, in your mind, silencing yourself to question that and you know, why are you being silent? Why aren't you speaking? And to push yourself through that and like, no, I'm going to, you know, know the value of your voice. And um, I'd love for people to check out Woman of Wisdom and, and also the book. Their website is womanofwisdom.org. And our conference is every February. We're in a transition right now because I'm actually retiring from an active role of Woman of Wisdom. And we have a whole transition team. We're going through transformation. And we're like, okay, we've been 25 years. What's the next 25 years going to look like? How is the conference going to evolve? And so we have this uh, transformation team. And we're just going to beginning start talking about 2018 conference. And, um, and so we're in kind of an exciting time. Um, some new people coming on board. And, and you can contact us at, uh, and I see the email, so at wowwow at womanofwisdom.org is a good place to reach me. Or, and my website is chrysalisleadership.com. So, um, yeah, and then check out my radio show, Voices of Women. It's on transformationnetwork.fm, I think is the website. And you just look for the host and look for me and Chris Danis. It's every Friday at 1 o'clock Pacific time. And I've been doing that for seven years. And... Yeah, so um, the books, of course, is available on Amazon. It's also available now as a Kindle book, and that's new. I finally got that together, which is great because that means all the art. There's a lot of art and poetry in it and all the arts in color, mm. which, you know, I'm not able to do in a, in a printed book because of the expense of it. Mm-hmm. Wow, so that's I encourage great. you to check out. Yeah, and, and, you know, Woman Wisdom, as you shared in the beginning, it's a book of many, many voices of the feminine expressing, you know, through stories, through the wise women who come and spoke to us at Women of Wisdom and to participants and art and poetry. So it's very, shows a very diverse uh, expression of the feminine and, uh, and, and can be an inspiration for people to, you know, make this uh, exploration. At, at the end of the chapters of the women speakers at the conference, there are questions. So you can even, I've had people use it as a, um, in a, a book group, a uh, group of women using it as a, a study um, yeah, that was, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much for bringing this beautiful gift to the world for each woman to grow individually, divinely, and as a collective consciousness. And I really honor you, Chris, for all that you bring, uh, you know, trying to bring harmony to the planet through all of this, of bringing the divine feminine forward. And it's it sounds like it's been a great undertaking that you've taken on and impacted so many lives. And, you know, we never really know um, all your attendees that come to these conferences and your book, 
you you really never know how you affect so many other people because your attendees then go and and they bring that to their own families in their own place where they live and it mm-hmm. makes it it makes a huge difference so thank you so much for what you do and i appreciate you being on the show tonight well thank you for having me and thank you for your compliments and it's um you know just my my mission to have done this and and i've had people say a lot you know and it's enough <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. it's, uh, I'm moving on to like, what's my next stage? And, and, um, it's, it's great to have created this platform and this container for this to happen. It's important work. And, and I, um, sort of accept that as my, my, my mission and it'll continue in, in, um, in new forms perhaps. And mm-hmm. I can't wait to see. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> yeah, well, I can't wait to see either. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you know how to listen to your divine feminine, so I'm sure you'll be led uh, pretty well. And Dr. Lynetta Willis, would you like to take a minute to tell people how to get in touch with you? Sure. Um, they can go to my book website, uh, myforgottenself.com. It's a children's spiritual book. That is for adults <laughs> as well. <laughs> and also my um, um, website, drlwillis.com. You can find me there in terms of how to work with me or get to know more about me. And then I also have a Facebook group, Soul Sight Mama, where I work with um, caregivers of children and uh, from a spiritual perspective. Yeah, and you did an awesome job, as usual, and I just love having you here with me, and you just bring so much more to the show, and so thank you. It's an honor working with you, too. Thank you. Ditto. You're so welcome. Ah, You're welcome. I feel so blessed and honored. It's such a privilege to bring our listeners, all of my inspirational co-hosts and guest hosts to Angel Heart Radio. Everyone I've interviewed has brought so much love and wisdom to all of us. And for that, I am so very grateful to be part of this beautiful sacred space. Thank you. And when in doubt, never underestimate the power of prayer. You are being listened to and heard throughout the universe. And it always responds with infinite and internal love. Remember to go inside and listen through your heart for the whispers of heaven. I love you and God bless you. You've been listening to another fabulous program on Angel Heart Radio. Our goal is to remind you of how much you matter in the world. And to let you know that we appreciate who you are in the world. You can check out who's on, when we're on, and who our guests are at angelheartradio.com. Everything is there. It's all just one click away. Angel Heart Radio programs are powerful tools to help you in your life and your life experience. They are not intended, nor should they, be used to replace your medical or legal advice. The views expressed by hosts co-hosts, callers, guests and associates should not be construed as advice from Angel Heart Radio.